Bickley and Marotta. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley Blast. The Suns have made a lot of enemies in the past few years. They've eliminated the Lakers, the Pelicans, the Nuggets, and the Clippers. They've surely alienated a handful of referees. They were the subject of an NBA investigation. They've been mocked for post-game weightlifting videos. And outside of Planet Orange, they're not exactly considered America's darlings. Which brings us to tonight's game at Footprint Center. Because this game is bigger than just the home debut of Kevin Durant. This is the reset and the restart of a mission that began after that earth-shattering loss to the Mavericks in Game 7, which is to say this is a journey of atonement. Now, granted, this journey isn't like anything we anticipated. This is going to be more like a mad dash to the finish line. Seven regular season games remain, followed by 16 playoff victories needed for a championship parade, and if the Suns pull this off and get out of the Western Conference, it will be one of the trippiest, weirdest experiences of our sporting lives. Remember, on January 16, the Suns were three games under 500. Three weeks later, we simultaneously grieved the loss of Mikhail Bridges while celebrating the stunning acquisition of Duran, a conflict of emotions that overshadowed the Super Bowl that was being staged in Glendale. And if Durant leads the Suns to a raucous victory tonight, in the latest home debut, you're going to feel it and hear it tomorrow when the Valley will once again be Swagger Town. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury affordable. They've got two great locations, and you can find them online at chapmanbmw.com. I think we're all on the same page and the same goal, and you know, understand that we've been waiting the whole year for, for this moment right now, and you know what's coming ahead of us. So, um, you know, I think everybody just feeds off each other's energy, and we, you know, we understand what time it is, and. You know, we're ready to get after it. Another outstanding blast by my man, Bick. Oh, thank and you. I like uh, the way you put it. It would be, uh, look, I, I'm not guaranteeing anything. You add Kevin Durant to this team this year in this Western Conference landscape, anything is possible. And you're right. This could be the trippiest path that the Suns have ever taken mm-hmm. in the postseason. And I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibility that they could catch fire and win this whole thing. We don't know. It's a great unknown right now because we just don't have enough data or experience to base anything right. on. But we know they're unbeaten with Kevin Durant. They are. Nobody's beaten the Suns yeah, with Kevin Durant. That's right. The Suns right now have 35 losses. Since the NBA schedule was stretched out to 82 regular season games, there's only been two champions that raised the trophy at the end of the year that have had 35 or more losses. That's it. The Houston Rockets in 1995 went 47 and 35. That was a team, much like the Suns, who picked up a superstar player in the middle of the season. Now, Clyde Drexler, all due respect, fantastic player, Hall of Famer. Not up to the the, the standard of Not Kevin Durant. No. They were the defending champion, though, mm-hmm. but you know they, they did add him. The other team that did it was the, the Washington Bullets in 1978, 44 and, we, and 38. Yeah. 
That would be the Elvin Hayes, Kevin Grevy team that yes. we riffed about West, yesterday. That's those are the only teams, huh? Those are the only teams with thirty-five wow. or more losses to win an NBA wow. championship. Yeah, and the Suns. And, yep, and, and this, let's go there. Yeah, the way you phrased it and the way you set up the whole thing was the viewpoints on the Phoenix Suns outside of Phoenix. They are not well loved. No, and you know that changes a little bit with Jay Crowder out. But you bring in a superstar like Kevin Durant, who is respected, I think, universally. And people, even if you don't like Kevin Durant, you're like, the guy's an amazing player. How could you deny that? This has the possibility, the capability of ticking off the entire NBA. Yes. Yes, it does. That is, And you know what? The Suns will enjoy every minute yes, of that. Yes, it would make it so delicious, not only for yeah. that team that's had a rough season, but this fan base... Maybe after 55 years, we need a trippy path to a championship. <laughs> yes, a real unconventional path. Yes. yes. Uh, and I, I think about this stuff probably too much, but I do. I, I think about what will this feel like? Will this be everything we hope it is when the Suns finally win a championship? Okay, because it's not always that way. You ask Eagles fans, you ask Cubs fans about their most recent, recent championships. They're like, heck yeah. I'll, I'll feed off that the rest of my life. The, the, not every championship is the same, but this one, because of what you just said, even though it's going to feel real condensed and maybe a little bit store, store-bought, think about the people the Suns are going to tick off along the way. Think about the conquests they might have. Think about the uh, Luka not winning, LeBron and Anthony Day. Think about that. Think about maybe beating the Warriors. Think about maybe making Nikola Jokic lose his mind again. Yeah. They're going to be, there's going to be points along this journey that are going to buffer how great this feels to us. And, and I've come to the realization that as much as I've kind of fretted that this add a guy really late and roll with them and maybe win a title that it might not feel as gratifying, it might be just the opposite. We might, as a market feels so tormented by the basketball gods, we may feel you owe us this. Yes. It doesn't matter how we get it. You owe us this. And let's face it. I mean, in baseball and basketball, teams win championships all the time that added players in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Atlanta Braves a couple years ago won of World Series. Of course. They don't get there without the trade deadline. The baseball teams, a lot of times, they add that pitcher that yes. they needed to get them to the run. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, baseball. Yeah, no, you're right. Baseball teams now change dramatically at the deadline. It just doesn't happen because until the last several years, super-duper stars weren't traded midseason in the NBA, and now it's it's a much more common thing, so it's if the Suns win, they won't won't be the first team. I mean, that will be the first win. They won't be yes. the last team. No. Mm-hmm. But almost never get traded at all, Jarrett. I mean, yeah, until Kevin the last Durant has several this is years. The first time he's ever been traded in his in his career. He's not new to the league. No, this is earth shattering stuff. It, it, yes, we're getting reminders of it now because he's. Going to play tonight. Uh, and I'm going to say, the, yeah, knock on wood. I'm going to say this. This is what's interesting to me is that Devin Booker has waited his entire professional life for Kevin Durant to show up. And I don't mean Kevin Durant by name. I mean a guy yeah. that uh, that allows him to play basketball without getting blitzed, without getting double teamed every time he touches the ball. It gives him a level playing field. He had three games of it, and those three games, Devin Booker's never been better, never been happier. And his shot usage went from 20 to 25 shots per game in a three-game sample. That's how easy things became for for Devin Booker with Kevin Durant on the same floor as him. Mm -hmm. It lasted three games. 
And now, and so Devin Booker's probably thinking, really, this is this is this is my reality. I get that, and it's great, and it's gone like before you know it. it that starts up again tonight. Devin Booker, as you've pointed out recently, he's been on a heater. Yes, and now he's got the return to Kevin Durant. Who who knows what this is going to look like? Well, but I am very excited. The atmosphere in that building tonight is going to be this weird mixture, and and now. Like I remember saying in the lead up to the Oklahoma City game on March eighth, like I don't know what the what what the energy is going to be like, and you're like, yes, you will, you'll know exactly what it is, and I didn't know because we hadn't seen, we weren't leading up to Kevin Durant playing, but now we got that lead up, so you can fall back on mm-hmm. that. But there's also going to be this mixture of let's real not go too crazy stress and anxiety, like watching his every move and warmups, and you know, does he actually make it to the pregame introduction? I mean, it, it's going to be this weird feeling yeah. of of you know euphoria and and fear altogether. Yeah, if I were if and I'll be at the game tonight, but if I were a, as, if I were a fan at the game, I would just be hanging out at Spinato's Pizza, just getting food. And then I would go down at tip off. I would not mm. even. I would not even. Block Helen like, Olsen. I would not even mess around with warm-ups. I like the way this there man you go. thinks. See, yes. there you go. Courtside classic. Uh, <laughs> Delicious. Phoenix Rising FC, their home season kicks off this Saturday against San Diego Loyal SC, and we are giving you the chance to win tickets. Head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for details and your chance to win. Coming up next, Cardinals head coach Jonathan Gannon elaborated on the current state of his quarterback position with everybody involved. We'll tell you what the new head coach had to say next. It's Bickley Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, we'll, and we'll always look to, with every position, not the quarterback position, but as the different phases of the offseason go on, uh, we'll always look to improve our roster in any any way that we can, but feel really good about David and Colt. Had some really good conversations with both of those guys. They're both uh, raring to go. They were asking Drew for the playbook the other couple weeks ago. I said, no, you don't need that playbook yet. Just make sure you're doing what you need to do to get physically ready. So they're chomping at the bit, and uh, I'm excited to get those guys in the room and get to work with them. It's Jonathan Gannon at the NFC uh, Coach's Breakfast yesterday at the NFL meetings at the Arizona Biltmore talking about the quarterback position and uh, you know specifically David Blau and Colt McCoy who are probably going to be vying for the starting position when the season starts as Kyler Murray continues to rehab mm-hmm. his injury. I know you got a kick out of the, hey, I know you want the playbook, but don't worry about that just yet. It's not, it's, Listen, maybe it's not quite ready. Vinny, I, no, it's not. <laughs> and this, and it's a little disconcerting. I've got to be honest with you because I am really trying to be uh, as patient as possible. When I read the transcript and I, and I read that Colt McCoy and David Blau are pestering the new offensive coordinator for a playbook, and Jonathan Gannon's response was, "Don't worry about it. Just get yourself physically fit. You'll get that. We'll, we'll get to that later." We just got here. <laughs> Let's get to know each other a little. Yeah. And, and so I did a double take when I read this, and I'm like, "Oh, you're kidding me? Really? I mean, it's it's not January anymore, right? We're right on the doorstep of April, and, and yet." Uh, then I stopped and I'm like, but you know what? Jonathan Gannon admitted as much. This was part of his charm. He said, look, I don't have a playbook. It's in my head. That's how, that's how. Look, I think you can do that and he can lean back on his experience as a defensive coordinator in Philadelphia mm-hmm. when he says that. Yeah. Drew Petzing has a playbook. He, right. Better. Yeah, he better. <laughs> I think, yes. Um, I, I think probably it's being 
finalized, hopefully. But yeah, this is, um, and that's going to be interesting too. I, I'm really curious to see if there's going to be a correlation, if we are going to see a spike in Kyler Murray's play based on his belief in this regime. Because quite clearly, based on anecdotal evidence, there wasn't a ton of respect that the quarterback had or at least showed to the previous offensive coordinator slash head coach. I don't think anybody can argue with that. I don't, there think, was a yeah, I don't think that's certain, arguable. There was a lack of trust. There was a lack of belief. There was a lack of all that stuff. And so I'm, I'm, that's what I'm hoping more than anything, that Kyler Murray has been underserved so badly the past few years that this new regime is going is gonna to light him up. I hope. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan. It might be a little bit naive, but I'm hoping. Look at what Tua did in Miami with this first year with the new coach. Yeah, uh, when he was able to stay on the field, he was he was really good under Mike McDaniel. Uh, Jonathan Gannon was asked about the timeline for Kyler Murray's return, and he doesn't seem uh, too concerned about that. Yeah, not really concerned with a timeline, honestly. I mean, like I said, there's a long time before we line up and play a game, but when Kyler is fully ready to play mentally and physically, that's when he'll play. So I, I don't put timelines on guys uh, coming back from injuries. I really don't do that because because you're always wrong when you do that. Uh, so whenever he's ready to play, he'll play. And then asked about Kyler Murray's style of quarterbacking, the running style. Does that make Jonathan Gannon worry a little bit more in terms of injury? Yeah, I mean, you're always concerned about your quarterback getting hit. You know, um, that's the number one thing. You got to keep him upright and keep him protected. But with saying that, he brings some different things to the table that not everyone can bring to the table from the quarterback position, a guy touching the ball every play. So uh, we'll educate him and we'll want him to be smart about when he's in the open field. Uh, but the competitor in him, you're going to have to coach that out of him a little bit because he wants to, he doesn't want to go down and slide and give himself up, but at times he's going to need to, so um, obviously we're going to be smart about how we do that, and when you call those type of plays, you can you can kind of dictate some of those things, which I think Sean has done a good job with in, in Buffalo, um, but um, and, and in Philly, I, I saw that them do a really good job, Shane and Nick do a really good job of when they're putting them in those situations, um, really uh, when they're doing that, there's a time and a place for everything so uh we'll be smart about it uh to quote the great scooby-doo huh? <laughs> that was a good scooby-doo it's almost as good as your dr evil oh, that was perfect um there's times where he doesn't want to slide and give himself up. And yeah. I mean, are we watching the same guy here Tyler murray uh, yeah. not picking on him we've talked about it for three years bick what is it? Or is it four years? Four now? years. Jeez. Where's the time gone? I know. I remember him when he was just a youngster. Uh, anyway, uh, we've talked about this. There may not be a quarterback in the history of the NFL who is better and more aware of getting down and oh, protecting yeah. himself. Oh, tackling than, himself. Than He's, Kyler Murray. Yeah. Yeah, if tackling yourself was an NFL stat, Kyler Murray would lead the league. And that's what makes it, again, so cruel that Kyler, if let's go back to that Monday night game against uh, New England, mm-hmm. and let's say Kyler Murray's in the pocket and he's scrambling around in the pocket and he gets just absolutely lit up from a blindside yep. hit and he gets hurt and yep. he's out and everybody's like, see, he couldn't take the punishment. Yeah. We were right about him the whole time, just uh-huh. took one good shot. That didn't happen. He was doing what he does. 
And had that play been extended that he got hurt on, he probably was going to slide. Yeah. That's how tenuous the whole thing well, is. And listen, and this is the yes. And and to me, this is really kind of if you want to drill down to what our fortunes as a football town are going to be in the next few years, you just hit you just hit the the baseline. And that's this question of if Kyler Murray has always relied on his fifth gear or his sixth gear, and if and if he can't feel like he's playing football safely without it, is he gonna feel comfortable letting it go, letting it rip? Because that's how he hurt himself. Mm-hmm. Getting into high gear. That to me, that's the that's the thing between the ears that that we nobody has a clue how he's going to respond. Nobody. Nobody. Does. You're right. You're right, because he's never dealt with it before. Never dealt with it before. Might be hungrier, might be humbled by it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and so you can hope for the best because, as as Mike Florio said, it really is something to look back at this football team and say they were 10-2 and two at one point in time, right? Number one in NFL power rankings. We're talking about Super Bowl possibilities. Yes. And what has transpired since then? Oof. Yeah. The opposite. Yeah. Uh-huh. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, KD's return, the man that will call it on the Suns Radio Network. The Hall of Famer Al McCoy joins us for his weekly segment. Next, it's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. CP3 for three. Al, about the Suns. Hall of Famer Suns broadcaster Al McCoy calls in to talk Suns with Bickley and Murata. Suns win. The Suns win. Al, about the Suns. Driven by Sanderson Ford. Suns and T-Wolves tonight should be the home debut for Kevin Durant, the man calling the action on the Suns radio network. The legendary Hall of Fame play-by-play voice of the Suns. Al McCoy joins us for Al about the Suns this week. Good morning, Al. How are you? Well, good morning, guys. Uh, Obviously, uh, looking forward to not only tonight, uh, but Friday night. Two big games for the Suns, Minnesota and Denver. Uh, a lot on the line in these two, that's for sure. All right, we talked to Charles Barkley yesterday, Al. He said this is going to be the craziest NBA playoffs maybe in history. Do you get the same feeling? This is uh, who, who knows who's going to come out of the West, right? Well, that's true because, uh, you know, Golden State is coming on. And, uh, but, you know, you look at the first six and anything can happen in these closing games. I don't think there's any question about it. Now, the encouraging thing right now is uh, without Kevin Durant, the Suns seem to be back uh, playing uh, what I call their game in the last few outings, and they finally are getting some real uh, solidified play from their bench, and uh, this is the right time for all of those things to fall in place. I could not agree with you more, Al. The last couple of games for the bench, it looks like roles are being defined, and we knew what Cameron Payne's role was. It was just a matter of whether or not he was going to elevate his game. He has, but what the Suns have got from Terrence Ross recently and T.J. Warren, not only offensively but defensively, uh, has been a real eye-opener, in my opinion. What are your thoughts on those two players and their recent performance? Well, there's no question about it, and I think we all agreed uh, when they signed those players, having followed their careers, that there were two individuals that knew how to play the game and could score. And uh, that's exactly what they have started to do in the last two games. 
I think it's understandable that it took them maybe a few games to get the feel of the Suns. I think uh, we have to understand it took the coaches uh, a few games to understand what these two could contribute, but I think they filled the bill right now, no question. In the three games that KD has played with the Suns, you could, you could see the effect it has on Devin Booker, who finally has some, some room to maneuver on a basketball court. Well, what are your thoughts on what KD does for Book when they're together on a basketball court? Well, he's such an outstanding player, and he has so many facets to his game. By that, I mean he can hit the mid-range shot, he can drive to the basket, he can hit a three. His, uh, his offense is wide open. So if you're going to concentrate your defense on a Booker, uh, a CP3, uh, a, a KD, where, where do you go? Who do you leave open? And what that does, it just relaxes the offense. And, of course, Devin Booker, uh, we know the great job he does night in and night out. It just gives him so much more latitude of what he can do offensively with Durant on the floor. I haven't seen Durant in a home game as yet, and I'm waiting to see him in uniform tonight. We'll we'll see how that all spells out, but this is a good Minnesota team. Yeah. So it'll be a challenge any way you look at it. Al McCoy, our weekly guest, the Hall of Famer and the legendary voice of the Phoenix Suns, joins us here on Bickley and Murata Mornings on, on Wednesdays. And the first thing you said this morning, Al, um, you know, not just tonight, and yes, Minnesota's playing good basketball, and they're put together finally from a health standpoint, but Denver coming in, I think a good measuring stick for the Suns. And we always hear it at this time of the year. It, it, it's complicated, in my opinion, with the addition of Kevin Durant at this time, but you know, Bick and I were talking about it going into the Philadelphia game. That the, the Suns just needed wins, and it was really time to to flick on the playoff intensity. And in your experience over the years, is, is that really a thing that you think teams are able to do in big regular season games? Is is increase the intensity as a gear up to the playoffs? Well, I don't think there's any question about it. Uh, the games uh, are very intense. I think uh, the officiating is different if we want to talk about that. And uh, I think as teams get ready, uh, you, spill, you spell out the best of what you can do. Obviously, in 82 games, you're not going to be at 100% talent-wise every game. That's just impossible. But when you get down to this point in the season, when you're looking ahead to the playoffs and what spot you might have, well, that's when the intensity comes out. If you can't do it then, you're not going to be in the NBA very long. Yeah. What do you uh, what, do? You, do you feel any like nervousness about KD knowing how important he is? Because it seems like the fans, it seems like many of them just want to get through tonight and just know that KD is healthy and he's going to be around for some time to come. Well, I think that's true. Uh, you know, he played the, the games on the road and seemed to fit in uh, just uh, superbly. And now everybody's anxious to see when we get down to these precious few uh, going into the playoffs. And uh, hopefully he's 100% uh, from a health standpoint. Uh, but this is what everybody's been waiting for. And uh, I don't think there's going to be a problem with players fitting in. I just think the problem is going to be for the ones that are going to be trying to defend the Suns offensively. Al McCoy, our guest uh, every week here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings. Uh, about fitting in, you kind of lead me into my next question, Al. There's been so much talk, and, and we got a, a glimpse of it 
in the first three games that Kevin Durant was able to play on the road about who's going to be that fifth starter, who's Monty Williams going to count on, and he went with Josh Okoge mostly in that in that role. Do you see that continuing? Do you think Josh Okoge is the guy, or do you think it's a revolving door depending on who's playing uh, playing well at the time? Well, I think uh, the bottom line is it. It depends on who they're playing against. Uh, I think Torrey Craig probably might get the edge there, uh, but obviously we don't know what the coaches are thinking. Uh, I think matchups will probably figure in who's starting, uh, but I'm just thinking maybe Torrey Craig might have the edge. Do you think it's about time the Suns get a, a get a break from the basketball gods, Al, <laughs> especially since you've announced your impending retirement? I mean, it, it just seems like this has to be the year. Well, I, <laughs> I certainly uh, would like to have it be the year, no question about it. But then I've been saying that for 51 times. So. <laughs> right. It's true. <laughs> We've all been saying it for a long time, Al, no doubt. Uh, thanks so much. We'll be uh, tuning. Uh, our audience, of course, will be tuning into your call tonight on the Suns Radio Network. Always a pleasure to talk to you. and We'll do it again next week. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks a lot, gentlemen. Thank Thanks, Al. Al McCoy, the uh, legendary voice of the Suns. Al about the Suns every uh, Wednesday morning. What a legend. There's, uh, like, even in that interview, there's, like, a little bit of, like I talked about, a little bit of trepidation. Like, well, a little bit. I, I Again, I mean, anybody who cares about this basketball team, how can you not? Yeah. Right? Because what happened to KD the last time it was supposed to be his home debut? That was one of those things that made you go, okay, this is not funny. Where is this curse and how do we end this? Well, first you think... This is not funny. Then you think uh, it's a little bit funny because of how ridiculous it is. And they say, this is not funny. No, and then it, and then you get right. to the uh, conclusion: it's not funny at all. So why am I laughing? Well, it, yeah, <laughs> and, and and like I said, the weirdest thing for me was I I was down it, covering the press conference from uh, I believe the Oklahoma City head coach, and I walk up and I'm thinking, oh, that was a really interesting guy. I really enjoyed that. And Ko Kellen Olson said, yeah, Bick, you almost missed missed the end of the Sun season because he had witnessed. Kevin Durant fall down. And then he told me what had happened, and we just laughed it off because he had continued. He was still warming up. He was still warming up. We're like, okay. And we've heard the famous clip um, from, from, from Rex Chapman. From Rex Chapman on the court. Oh, yeah, he just fell down, but he's fine. Look at him. And then, and then for him to be scratched, it was like. Okay, now this really is not funny. I remember the text I sent to my kids like 15 minutes oh, before the never. I can't, your kids like, must have been crestfallen. Yeah, the response was, why are you messing with us like this? <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's hope there's none of that tonight. Oh. None of that. None of that exasperated, why are you messing with us? Um, yeah. <laughs> Let's just get through it. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. my whole stance. Let's I listen, just get through I, it. I mocked you when you first had that stance. You were right on the money. Yep. Uh, coming up next, it's not just about the Suns. This is a big time for a lot of teams in the NBA opposition included tonight. We'll get into a uh, look at the NBA and specifically the Western Conference next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. 
Here comes Looney with the screen for Curry. Curry gets Nance as a result. Nance spreading out wide, trying to use his length. Curry comes left, now gets McCollum. Checks the clock, seven to shoot. Takes a jumper over CJ and knocked it down. A three ball for Curry. Comes back up the floor celebrating a little bit. One of eight threes for Steph Curry last night, 39 points. A 20-point deficit overcome by the Golden State Warriors in a win over the New Orleans Pelicans in a, in a game that had playoff intensity. There was a couple of scraps. Mm. You had the mild-mannered C.J. McCollum throwing an elbow into the throat area of Dante DiVincenzo. You had Draymond Green acting like a maniac. And we just talked to Al McCoy, mm-hmm. Dick, and, he, and one of the first teams he mentioned when you, you asked him about the Wild Western Conference. Can't sleep on Golden State. A lot of us have been sleeping on Golden State because they've had their issues specifically on the road. They're up to nine road wins now. Last night, to me, just through my eyes, kind of came off as a, hey, don't forget about us kind of reminder to the rest of the league. You know, there's the last two weeks of the regular season, mm-hmm. you know, six or seven games left for most of these teams. Golden State is in that tournament. They are a force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. And now there's the possibility that you could be adding an Andrew Wiggins to the mix. He's been out for a while for mm-hmm. family issues, and Steve Kerr's been kind of vague about the reasons why or his return, but they're hopeful he's going to come back. And you remember... What, I mean, what an eye-opening performance he had in the playoffs last year on their way to a title. Yeah, and then uh, you add in Gary Payton the second. Yeah, as who, a, who again was awesome for them in the playoffs and last season, mm-hmm. and he immediately comes in and starts contributing those things again. I'm I'm now officially out of the yeah Golden State's done yeah business. They're they're very much a factor. They're in very all of this. yes uh, yeah if if if. Andrew Wiggins does return, and I do think he will. This sounds like somebody who is caught up in a, a nightmare of a personal situation who who isn't going to peace out on the the entire season, but has just been given some time to go deal with this mm-hmm. and and whatever. Um, yeah, listen, there are people out there whom I've talked to who are convinced. As much as we don't like Draymond and Golden State, the Draymond Green is going to be a member of the Phoenix Suns next year. Because the Michigan State ties, we know that Matt Ishbia is loves all things Sparty. He's in the last year of his contract. Last year's right? contract. They're gonna you know, they paid Jordan Poole, they're not gonna re up Draymond Green. Um there's a lot of people who fully expect, not wish, expect Draymond Green. And listen, if you don't like Draymond Green as a player, I think you'd still admit he would be one heck of a sort of uh Go ahead, say it. A spark plug. <laughs> He'd be one heck of an enforcer to have around Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. Let me say this, Uh-oh. because you've got on my back on several occasions and around the trade deadline again, mm-hmm. uh-huh. when there was maybe the possibility of Patrick Bev? Beverly coming. And I said it, and I stand by this, mm-hmm. that's a player I could never, ever root for. There's a very small group of guys that are in that group. Uh-huh. Is Draymond Green in that group? No! Draymond Green, when you watch him play, and last night he was maniacal. I can't believe he got to stay in the game. But he is such a smart basketball player, still an elite defender, and an unbelievable facilitator of offense without having to shoot the basketball. Yeah. 
Yeah, he'd be a good ad. He'd be he. He's kind of exactly what this basketball Jared, team needs. Write that down. March 29th at eight fifty a.m. Bick made a prediction, and it it's a prediction I, I've heard from people. It's not something that popped into my head all by ah, itself. Forget them. But, I'll give you the but, credit. That's fine. But it makes sense when you know that Matt Ishbia and how emotionally deeply invested am, he is with Michigan. State. Am I wrong though? Isn't there something lingering, or did they patch it up between Draymond and Kevin Durant? They patched it up. I don't know. I, I, I thought there was real track of all this bad blood at the end of the Warriors inter, thing between them. Inter NBA beef, beef. What do you think of beef, Jared? What do you think? What do you think? <laughs> Isn't it the best? What do you think I, head coach oh. Tom Izzo's rotation will look like next year? Oh, right, right. That's <laughs> no. The thing about beef. Yeah, and listen, I I say this facetiously, but only kind of facetiously. If I'm Monty Williams, I that that thought is crossing my head, crossing my brain. That whether I'm holding the chair for Tom Izzo. <laughs> and again, if people oh, shut up. Tom Izzo's 112 years old. Yeah, I was just thinking the same yeah, thing. Yeah, he doesn't really strike you as the kind of guy at the point in his career where he wants to tackle the NBA right now. Yeah. But, but, yeah, he's cruising. But the new owner of the Suns, what he feels for Tom Izzo is beyond reverence. I mean, it, it's like, it's everything. Oh, it's shaped his whole life. Right, so so yes, there will be a greening of the Phoenix Suns, if you know what I mean. I think on some level. A literal Mark Draymond it, greening. Mark a it Draymond down, greening. Jarrett Bick predicted at 8.51 in the same morning that the Suns are going to unveil green alternate uniform. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, never, after, and a mascot that looks like a Spartan. After the gorilla's the teal, nervous, Jarrett. After the teal ones this year, anything's on the table. I mean, the yeah. purple and orange is not you know definite in the color scheme but uh, two quick things one thing beef is fantastic mm-hmm. and it's i used to love when they used to have commercials <laughs> to go back to it had to yeah go ahead commercials uh-huh for beef it's what's for dinner uh-huh. not not like a specific brand no just not beef. a specific cut just beef just yeah. beef yeah and they used to do that for milk too for still, milk for pork the other white meat yeah. the other that's right yeah that's right uh, the other thing is you're, you're talking about the wacky west we could come in tomorrow and the Suns could be, even though they won two in a row, if the Suns lose tonight, and the Suns could be a half a game out of the play-in. Yeah, it's true, because of all the other teams playing. Minnesota's right on their tails as the sixth seed. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Clippers play Memphis tonight. If they win, they would go ahead of the Suns. Got to be rooting for Memphis to extend that win streak. Um, Sacramento, you know, th- those are the teams in the range right now. There's there's nine teams in the West from from two to twelve that are playing tonight. That's mm-hmm. how busy the schedule is this evening. Uh, I and I think this is a litmus test game for Minnesota too. Yeah, it's another it kind of team is. that, especially on this show, we've doubted them. I think they made a horrific, horrific trade in the off season. Mm-hmm. Um, they've kind of righted the ship a little bit. Carl Anthony Towns is back. Anthony Edwards came back from an injury earlier. Some of the pieces that they've added are blending in nicely. The subtraction of D'Angelo Russell, I think that has probably that has helps help things. Yeah. Uh, specifically to them, mm-hmm. um, they're gonna if they come into tonight and and they win their fifth straight and they can get a win in a you know, situation where Kevin Durant's making his debut, they're gonna feel. Amazing about themselves. Yeah, that's a good point. This is, the, the, it's a big game. It is a big the game. The playoffs are going to be wild, but the, the last two weeks leading up to mm-hmm. the playoffs might be even more wild. Yeah. Oh, listen. So it, it, it that's why to me this is the, the journey kind of re begins tonight in a lot of different ways because this feels like the playoff push begins tonight. Yeah. Let's treat this as like opening night. 
This is the seasons. People argue the season starts on Christmas. Nope, it starts on March <laughs> yeah. 29th. Yeah, it's a seven-game regular season. It's a new, <laughs> new it's approach like the from the NBA. It's like the bubble, right? right. That's right. Eight games. Exactly. And we know the Suns are the best bubble team wow, in history. Wow, that's good, Jarrett. <laughs> Coming up next, Sarah Gazelle will get us caught up to date on everything that's going on on Ruthless. social media. On Twitter, social studies is next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.